Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, tell your mother, tell your grandmother, and tell the neighbor down the street, because the Moe's cast is back for episode number Woo! four. Yes. Moe's cast, baby. Moe's cast, four. baby. We're happening. All right, I hey. am your host, uh, David Thrift, here with my co-host, Mr. J.B. Bartlett. Here what at up? the fabulous Moe's Tavern in Open Bar right now. And the people in the bar are looking at us going, what is going on in this bar? And we are here today with our first ever guest, JB. Yes. We got Nick Frash. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Nick All Frash right. plays in a great uh, local Chicago band called Earth Radio, and we've had the pleasure of uh, having them here at Moe's a few times. I've even done sound for them, so it's mm-hmm. good to have you here, Nick. And we've yeah. had uh, both you guys uh, on stage with us at different, uh, different shows. Yes. It's a lot of fun. That's true. That's true. All right, I got to make a quick shout-out, though, before we get going. All right. Uh, A local coffee shop just opened up on the corner right over here. It's 2959 North Milwaukee, the corner of Central Park in Milwaukee. It's called the Sipping Turtle. I got a coffee from them today, and I drank it, and I'm jacked. Yeah. (laughs) So definitely go check them out. Sipping Turtle. His hair didn't used to be red. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But now he's on fire. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, so let's get started. So, uh, Nick, tell us about your band. Oh, man. Uh, we've been playing around the area, around the burbs and the city for the past uh, two, two and a half years at this point. Uh, for about five years or three years before then, we were just like doing a lot of DIY stuff at this old uh, venue I used to run out in Melrose Park. Um, just playing like with the local DIY bands, different punk bands and jam bands. Uh, and uh, here we are, I suppose. <laughs> what What do you consider your band oh, genre? Boy. Your band's genre to be the most dangerous question in music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, in terms of approach, I call it jam punk because it, okay. it's very unconventional. Uh, it, more so before, but it's pretty unconventional jam music, and uh, I also call it like psychedelic power funk. I think that's probably the most apt description of what that we is do. a powerful name for a genre yeah. <laughs> of music. <laughs> I think uh, it uh, encapsulates everything yep. that we do, um, from like classic rock sounds to more like Jamtronica things that we're getting into more lately. Um, that description reminds me of uh, I, I'm a big Chili Peppers fan. They used to call their music psychedelic sex funk from <laughs> heaven. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! That's a that's a great name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, is. Be, I, I think wish. it might uh, beat a uh, psychedelic power funk. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everybody's different. So uh, you play the drums in Earth Radio, right? I do. Man? How I long do. you been playing drums? Uh, about 14 years. I had about Damn. a five-year break in that time. but uh, Five-year break? Yeah, it was brutal. Why was that? Um, from when I was like 18 to 22, 23, uh, I was living with my grandmother, and mm. I can only play maybe, I only played like less than 20 times in the five years I lived there. Damn. Mm-hmm. So that was rough. I thought maybe he went to jail or something. No. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> I, no. As soon as I asked that question, I was, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, wait a second. Second. that might not be a good question to ask. Yeah, I'd, I'd answer it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no. That's that's pretty wild, man. So yeah. do you think that I couldn't imagine? I've been playing guitar probably about the same amount of time, and I can't imagine taking a five-year break off of it. Did you Do you feel like you played differently before and after? Oh, or? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty much exclusively into, like, punk rock back then and then I started playing more metal and then over the past uh, two three years really uh, since Steelhouse uh, that old DIY I used to uh, run um, I was having so many different types of musicians jazz musicians uh, country uh, musicians jam bands punk bands metal bands and just taking little bits from everyone's style and incorporating what I do and like through that I've grown considerably as a musician I would say yeah well so 
is is this type of music from Earth Radio? I don't understand. Uh, I guess like the roles in the band. Is this like a band where everybody contributes? Is there a single person writing the music? What what do you, what do you see as your role? I'm there? the primary lyricist, and I do all of our uh, like booking stuff yeah. and all that. Um, so you're the guy. <laughs> you could say that you're the you're the Fleetwood and the Mac <laughs> in Earth Radio. Did you know I just found out that Fleetwood Mac is the that's the bass player and the drummer of that band. They're the. Did you know that? I, I did not. Did you know that? I definitely knew who Mick Fleetwood was. For I had sure. no idea. Yeah. I, this blew my mind. That <laughs> literally has nobody that you would think of as being like the main yeah. member of Fleetwood yeah. Mac is the main member of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Stevie Nicks, nothing to do with Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. You know, whatever that Lindsay guy, Buckingham. Lindsay Buckingham. They didn't come in until a few albums in, yeah. actually. Yeah. They were only useless, there for like uh, a brief period of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you don't have to be sorry. Fleetwood Mac's a dope band. Man. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, they are. Be. But yeah, and no, you're the you're like the unsung hero of Earth Radio. You're yeah, the Fleetwood I, Mac of Earth Radio. I make sure you know things uh, keep moving and progressing. Yeah. And then uh, my guitarist Johnny and I work on all the instrumentation together mm -hmm. um, for the most part. Um, How did you guys hook up? We actually were in a thrash metal band together that we joined like maybe yeah. four years ago at this mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Um, and I left that band uh, maybe like six, seven months into it, uh, and I brought him with me. <laughs> um, and the rest is history. <laughs> Damn. That. So, what do you prefer? Do you like the funk or the thrash metal? <sighs> That's a tough question. I think I'm. Yeah. Like as I've been maturing as a musician, and like what I like to play and hear has been changing. Like I'm moving a lot more towards like funk and jamtronica stuff because like. Just playing, I feel like it's a lot easier to get someone to mosh than it is to get them to start dancing. Mm -hmm. um, so there's like that, I don't know, this emotional connection that's there with the type of music I play now that just wasn't quite there with the thrash metal. Um, I still mm -hmm. like playing that. We still have a, we have this one song, Crash and Burn. It's pretty much a crossover thrash song all the way through. But um, yeah, I, just, I prefer like funk more now, I would say. Do you still bring some of that thrash energy, though, probably to it? Oh, like, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he can't play with the house kit because he hits the <laughs> bass drum too hard and it <laughs> moves. Yeah. 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 You know? <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Moe's has a whole back line here. We've got yeah. a drum oh, kit, even deeper. a couple guitar amps, bass amp, and the yeah. drum, the bass drum has been through so much at this point that we had to get new legs for it, mm -hmm. new spikes, yeah. and uh, they aren't quite as good as the the regular spikes that come with your yeah. drum. Um, and for some very heavy hitting drummers, they just can't use it because it walks away on them yeah. while they're yeah. kicking that, it's that a, kick drum. It's a hassle. That poor that poor drum kit, man. That poor drum kit. We've been paying for therapy for it for years. After <laughs> <laughs> all the things people have done to it. Yeah, it gets, nah, it gets the job done. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one of the cool things about, you know, playing here, at least for, you know, bands like us. We can just walk in and yeah. just show up with our instruments and throw down. You know, you don't have to yeah. lug a whole drum kit over here. And there's sometimes for sure that I definitely like, I won't say I judge the band because any band can come in looking like anything and be anything. But it, when a band comes in and they're just openly very cool about using the house equipment, I'm like, they're either the worst band of all time <laughs> or they're like really good players because they're comfortable. They're like, OK, I, I get this. I know what a Fender Blues Jr. is or I know how this drum kit works yeah. a little bit and I can mm -hmm. I can make the sounds that I want to make out of it without being too in, insane. But some people do walk in and they're like they bring a half stack in here or something like that, you know, mm -hmm, yeah. which is. Hilarious. We played um, here 
I, yeah. the night of the fourth. I think we actually started playing at what like twelve thirty one. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty late. Um, and we brought like. Like, cause I didn't know you were gonna be staying around sound, mm-hmm. so I brought our mixer. I brought all of our right. I remember you guys everything. asking. Me. They were like, they're like, do we need a PA? Do we need? It? And I was like, nah, man, we got it. We got it. We're good. That's funny. Yeah. No. I'm pretty much I'm pretty much here all the time until my contract with the devil expires. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they gave him a couple bucks an hour and all the whiskey he could drink. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and where's that whiskey now? It's yeah, not in right. my hand. It's, it's all gone. Yeah. Um. So, so Nick, what do you um, what do you like about playing at most? I don't know. I have this like nothing. This like, no, it's like this <laughs> it sucks. Sense of like community. I yeah. feel whenever I'm in here. Like before I started playing here, I came out to see uh, most Tavern alumni seat quite often here. Yep. Um, R.I.P. Like, yeah, good friends with those. We're actually playing a show with them on Are Saturday. Are they back in action? Tentatively. Tentatively. Okay. Um, Shout out to Seat. Yeah. Lane, Mikey, oh, sure. Nick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's we're playing with them on Saturday in Mount Prospect. Actually, check it out. <laughs> uh, is that at the uh, Station Thirty Four? Is that that show? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. No, they're a pretty good band. I did sound for them too. I yeah, I like those guys a lot. Yeah. Like a really heavy psychedelic. Like Pink Floyd, yeah, like but Sabbath. Yeah, like. right. A Pink, uh, they're if, like Pink if, Floyd Sabbath. Yeah. Wow, man! Imagine, yeah, if Sabbath was. You Pink don't Floyd. have to imagine. You yeah. can just go check you can out just the go seat. See, see, playing with Earth Radio at Mount Browns, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nah, dude, that's sick. Yeah, so, we'll have to get a show with you and Seat over here. Yeah, that'd be fun. Be that'd be a lot of fun. So, uh, when you guys are playing, like when I when I worked with you guys, you did a lot of jamming. But is yeah. that? Is that primarily what's in what ends up going on in a show? Like, what's your balance of songs versus improvisation? Or we have some sets where we'll be like, okay, we're for sure gonna play these two songs, and then the rest will be just jams based on a certain key. Other sets, they're like, we kind of are pretty meticulous with the way we like structure everything so things flow together. Because uh, we don't talk much when we're on stage. Like, we might say, you know, like, what's up, Earth Radio that sort of thing but we, we usually just go song to song that's from the song way to be song. yeah that is the way to a be a lot of uh, a lot of medleys yeah um like we've had several sets that are like an hour plus where we start and then we don't stop until we're done see i think the crowd likes that better than most people because when i feel like a lot of the time some bands maybe like your singer songwriter or something but you break up the energy that exactly. you, you brought to the crowd, you know. And especially mm-hmm. with the way we play, like we uh, like to go for these uh, these buildups. And if you're gonna keep building something up and then it stops every song, then you yeah. have to restart mm-hmm. that energy exactly, like mm-hmm. you said. Yeah. Yep. I think I've said it in almost every episode so far. Bands, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking. Just play the music. See, I struggle with that sometimes, man. Well, you actually, again, yeah. you like kind of practice that, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like right, if a band right. goes up and they don't have they don't have anything prepared to say, mm-hmm. and they start talking, it turns into, well, um, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, and um, uh, oh, oh yeah, hey guys, come on up and dance. We promise we won't bite. Oh, I love that one. Some of my favorite things that people say yeah, I've on the seen stage. A, a Just you know kidding. My, you know my all-time funny. least favorite stage banter is, is tip the bartender. I hate hearing that. And that is not because I think the bartender shouldn't be. Everybody's looking at me like. Controversial. I don't I know, man. Controversial, yeah, man. I have tinted bar. I'm not against tipping Annie the bartender. Over there. I, Annie. Because my. <laughs> David say Annie, nobody should tip you. I did not say that, Annie. <laughs> Oh, she's coming over here. We're, we're in a live bar right now, so <laughs> I insulted the bartender, and she's going to say something. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm going to say, 
Of course. They know better. And that's that's the point I'm trying to make, Annie, is I'm saying that you shouldn't the band shouldn't have to tell people to tip the bartender because they should already know to tip the bartender. Right. Are you more yeah. like irritated? <laughs> with, let them know. Are you more irritated with how cliche that's becoming? <laughs> I think it's cliche, and it's also in a mm-hmm. in a world where like mm-hmm. I don't feel like musicians are advocating for themselves on a value standpoint a lot of the time. Yep. Whereas it's like I appreciate the intent. Yeah. Like the intent is like, hey, tip your bartender and everything. But the reality is, is that the bartender should be getting tipped as it is. Yeah. And like. If somebody's not going to tip them be- until you said something, then that person's an asshole. Yeah. And so... <laughs> fair. That's fair. I just wish I would see more opportunities for a band to say, in- instead of tip the bartender, tip us if you like Can us. Can I rebut this? Rebut it. I literally did not know that you were supposed to tip a bartender until I was like 22. And I found out... And I was like, dude, I have been such an asshole for my entire life that so far. reminds me. My, one of my, maybe like my second or third time coming in here, uh, I was 21, 22. You were bartending. And like, I, I haven't been to many bars at that point. Yeah. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I had the intention and I did tip you, but I wasn't doing it with every beer. I was going to do oh, it before no. I left. And you were not happy. No, I wasn't. I... Uh, sorry, man. No, you're fine. I was. Uh, I actually totally remember that. I can't believe that was you. <laughs> that's but that's hilarious. JB's fault though, too, because as the bartender, you can't let people know that you're. You guys I gotta did. put that smile oh, he, on, baby. He, oh, I let him know. He let me know. <laughs> I told him. I think I told him. Oh man. You know you're asking to get terrible service that's if you don't tip, right? Verbatim what you yeah. told me. <laughs> sorry about that. Wow, that's I crazy that you. I didn't that. have any that's, chill back then. I had so many bad. That, I grew some chill. It's one of the things I honestly like. Regret that I said that. So I'm. I'm sorry, man. I didn't realize I mean, that was you. I, it's I think okay. you should. That's regret. fucking nuts. <laughs> you know, it's all it all comes full circle. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Dude, sometimes when people don't tip, I mean, that's why I don't really bartend anymore. It's like I just couldn't deal with people. Like this this one crew the other night, they came in here, and they straight up ordered like this is becoming a whole thing about bartending, right? But they ordered like 15 drinks, and it was it was still only like 60 dollars. So check that out, you guys. That's an average of four dollars a drink. That's nothing for booze. Yeah, nothing. And they were like. They were flabbergasted. They couldn't believe the bill was $60. They were just like, I don't understand. And then they barely tipped me. And I was just like, dude, come on. Like, it's like $2 on fucking 60 But anyway, the point is, bringing it back to music, is that, like, I just wish that for 90% of people, they know to go tip the bartender. So I just, <laughs> I, I wish that people would also express that same thing with, with a band, because when a band's giving them good service, especially in a place like Moe's, where a lot of time you're coming in here for free to see a band for free, because mm-hmm. um, we're on a donation system here, it's like, you should throw them a dollar or two if you enjoyed them. I'm not advocating for, for, for if you hated it or something, but like, you know, show people that appreciation and, and um, help make it worth their while, you know? Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, mm-hmm. if you can, buy their merch, buy their CDs if they have yeah, them totally. available. <laughs> Do you absolutely. guys have merch? We have uh, shirts and uh, stickers to go with them. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Nice. Is there a story behind Earth Radio, or is it just a cool name? Or um, Yeah, I came up with it in, like, 2014 or 15. I, I think it was 2015 when I originally started the band um, with a different lineup that exists today. Um, it, there was, it was, like, a season one episode of Rick and Morty. Uh, there's this episode where Jerry's like in a simulation. He's driving yeah. his car, and on the radio, the um, aliens that are controlling the simulation come on. They're like, um, "Hello, uh, Earth Radio. This is uh, human music." And then it just beeps and boops, and he just <laughs> says to himself, "I like it." And that's how we how I came up with the name. Huh. 
Did you know what's funny is that isn't that your description on Facebook is human music, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it nice, totally that's is. cool. Wow, man, I love Rick and Morty. Yeah, too. I, I like, do too. <laughs> I've been watching the new season. I was just asking somebody yesterday when new episodes are going to happen because they had just such teases with it. Yeah. You know? Was it a full season or are they taking a break right now? They're in a break right now, but so, I mean, supposedly they have 70 episodes that they've been paid for. Yeah. So, and five came out. And then they're just like, all right, we'll take a break now. Here's here's an hour extra content. See you in two years. Yeah. But, hey, Dan uh, Harmon's uh, a genius. <laughs> yeah. So, He's the guy who writes all that stuff? Yeah, and One he voices guys, yeah. Rick and Morty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nah, Justin Roiland, I thought, is doing part of it. It's both yeah, of them. Yeah, Justin Roiland does the voices. I'm not yeah. sure who does. Yeah. I didn't know who does what, but I knew there was a duo going on there. Yeah. Well, do you guys want to take a listen to some Earth Radio? Yeah, dude. Put some Real on. quick? Yeah, let's do it. All yeah. right. Listen to a little bit of this Are uh, we going to hear track. it on our end here? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this make is some circles. of band. What's this song about? Uh... N- nothing in particular. <laughs> it's just uh, kind of a it's just a name you came up with. Little trippy jam. I mean, uh, the name comes from it's a jam that uh, Johnny, my guitarist, I've been doing for a couple years before we even met. And then when we started Earth Radio, you thought it would fit good. And since it was kind of you know trippy sounding, uh, I was watching Dragon Ball Z abridged and their version of Mr. Popo. There's this episode where he's on a whole lot of acid and. Uh, He's on the lookout, which is this like circular platform, but it's square tiles, and he's looking down, freaking out how all these squares make a circle. And that's, <laughs> that's where the name comes from. <laughs> that's cool, man. I love nice. it, dude. All right, so here is uh, Squares Make Circle. It's a live single yeah. recording, and you recorded this where? Um, with uh, Jefferson Abraham Foster over at oh. um, Foster Studios. We know Jeff. We do know Jeff, yep. Really great guy. All right, well, let's take a listen.
song. And that was uh, Squares Make Circles. By Earth Radio. Oh, yeah. Thank Check you, out some you. more of that. Yeah, great great stuff, man. That's cool. That's some pretty driving stuff. I feel like yeah. I can definitely feel the jam energy in that. Oh, totally. You know? I can feel the Dragon Ball Z tripping on acid <laughs> in that, too. I just love Dragon Ball Z, man, so. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't know they had a guy doing acid in it, but. Yeah, uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh hilarious parody of the oh, series. Oh, it's a parody. Yeah, like what they okay. do is um, they actually just announced that they were done working on it after 11 years, but what they do is they go through all the the episodes, they did all of it in like order, um, and they cut up the scenes, like edit the mouth flaps, take mouth flaps from different characters, flip them, recolor them to like mm. match their dialogue perfectly. Dude, that's crazy. It, yeah. It's hilarious. Because I was going <laughs> to say, I've watched pretty much every episode of the Dragon Ball, all the Dragon Balls, and I was like, I don't remember LSD happening a single time. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Popo is that show. an incredible character in Dragon Ball Z Bridge. She's hilarious. Very, very quotable. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to have to check that out, man. Yeah, I'll send you a link, man. <laughs> cool. So, uh, d- so on this record that you guys have out right now, so it's all all live music then? It's uh actually just two singles that we just have two out singles? right now. Okay. Um, we both recorded them um, um, at the same time, like we didn't individually track, uh, and and we technically have a I suppose a original single that we put out, Creed. It's kind of a crude recording. Um, I at the last party I had over at Steel House before we moved out. Uh, I was just running like a Zoom H6 into our uh, X32, um, and I had like I was in one room. Johnny was like in my bedroom. My uh, our bassist Kyle was like down the hallway by the stairs, and we had this whole party going on around us while we were jamming. And uh, it was the only thing worth anything <laughs> like from yeah. that night, like salvageable in terms of like the mixing. Because once you record it to the uh, the Zoom, it's just a single track, so you can't really mm-hmm. mess with it. Right. Um, and more for like um, to commemorate that last party in Steelhouse is why I put it out. So is Steelhouse is that a venue that you ran? Yeah, it was uh, my dad's steel shop that I lived at on Melrose Park, and uh, I ran it as a DIY. Um, we would have like rooftop jams till like two, three in the morning. We would have regular jams inside till like six, seven in the morning. Uh, we had awesome raves, metal shows. We had an annual festival called Sea Yard Days. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had like full uh, audio and lighting production. Um, it was it was nuts. Wow. And if uh, anyone wants to check it out, the uh, Facebook page is still out there. We I'm sure there's pictures and videos. Steelhouse Chicago. Do you ever think about trying to do something similar now that you're here, like in the city? In the city? Um, it's really expensive. Oh yeah. Like that warehouse was like forty five hundred a month. Um, and I I can't. None of no one in the bank can do that. But it is definitely a something I'm looking at like down the road it's definitely sure. a goal to come back to you and start doing that again because I thoroughly enjoyed interacting with all the different bands mm-hmm. um, a lot of bands from out of state on tours a lot of the local uh, uh, punk jam and uh, metal bands uh, have you gone to a lot of DIY shows here in town not as much as I should have yeah considering I like ran one of one, one of the mm-hmm. venues because um, there's a great scene here oh absolutely like, right yeah. like for the past like four or five years it's just been like I feel like growing and growing mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's a uh, I like I was out in I go out in LA for 420 each year for the past couple of years um and I just really really enjoy Chicago's music scene mm-hmm. more so than theirs uh it's just I don't know something about it's just a lot more inclusive 
there's a lot more going on on any given night. Like, hmm. I don't know. So yeah. what do you think in general, like, what are your feelings about the Chicago music scene? Or what, what are some specific things that you like about the Chicago music scene? I like the scene as a whole, like just the music scene as a whole. I like how diverse it is. I like how many people are doing what they love and trying to get out there. Um, I think there's something else to be said about the individual music scenes. A lot of them yeah. could have their own issues, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, stuff that I stay away from, like different drama for one reason or another, or like mm -hmm. a lot of gatekeeping, which I do not like in music. Like, mm -hmm. just let people do what they do. Let people play the music they like to play, and for who likes. Are to you hear referring it. to? Gatekeeping in regards to like maybe you try to book a show at a higher end venue and they don't let you play. No, like, no. What, like, is, what do you mean by the gatekeeping? Like, like, oh, that's not real metal kind of thing. Oh or yeah, like um, that that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're not cool. Yeah, or, you're not kick that's ass. That's not rock and roll or yeah. whatever. Like, I, that's yeah. It's just so anti, like, like music is art, and it's just so anti-art and anti-expression. I just, I just can't stand that kind of thing. Well, because yeah. I mean, if you're I'm not in the metal scene, okay, but I feel like if you're a metalhead and you want the metal scene to continue and you want metal music to continue, it obviously has to go different places yeah. and places that initially you didn't expect that it was was going to go. That's a very mm -hmm. mature outlook. Yeah. And I think that a lot of these people are yeah. kids. Yeah. Right? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, yeah. In, uh, not in age necessarily, but <laughs> I think mentally a lot of these people are kind of just like they're trying to hold on mm -hmm. to like mm -hmm. what they have instead yeah. of looking at it more like I need to leave some sort of legacy right. and help this continue. Well, yeah, I think exactly. there's, a, there's that whole mentality of like, and we've talked about this before, but like what is, what is real music or what does it mean to be authentic or what's the good thing like? You know, it's got to kick ass. <laughs> That's what I. He said that, that last week. I said that last week. <laughs> I, I got watching. so much flack for that. Dude, actually, people came up to me and Did told you? me yeah. about. They're like, yeah. dude, JB is just sitting there going, "It's just got to be dope." <laughs> it's just got to be, be dope. That's I think should be a um, an ongoing topic yeah. for this podcast. Is yeah, like, sure. what does that mean? What yeah. is a dope song? Yeah, because like. Um, Regardless of, like, the kind of music you make, especially since everyone's so connected to the Internet, like, you will find your niche, mm -hmm. uh, whether that, like, is a local mainstream sort of thing or, you know, just a few people who enjoy your music. Um, right. I just think it's important to get out there and do it. Granted, I'm a little bit leaning towards your camp that it should probably kick ass. I, I, that's what I like. I no, like I mean it music. should kick ass. The the funny thing is, it's just how vague that is. It's just like maybe it's dude, supposed to be. It's just got to slap. It's got to be dope, dude. Yeah, I mean, but I guess it's play. like it's not as it's not any more subjective than. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a really sultry song yeah. or something like that. You know, I guess I guess it's more like... obviously a kick-ass song is different than a sultry song. It feels it like kicks when you a football in, the teeth. in football they're like, yeah, I think the team with the most points is going to come <laughs> away with this one today. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you're totally right, man. <laughs> so what did you think about this game? Oh well, you know, we scored some points. We really gave 100%. the other team scored more points, and they they just won. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like, but what does it, I guess, you know, what does it even mean to be trying to make something authentic? Because, like, if you're just doing what the gatekeeper wants, can that also be authentic, though, do you think? Yeah. It, it, maybe not to yourself. Yeah. Um, 
a, you could just be playing to a particular demographic or audience that you yeah. want to make music for, which could be, you know, healthy for someone, but it could also be pretty detrimental when they're not getting to do what they want to do. Well, who do you make music for? Um, anyone who wants to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. that's a good answer. Uh, for for me, you know? Yeah, like I, no, see, that's what I would say is for me. I make yeah. it for me. Yeah, it's a very uh, powerful tool um, mm. for expression and sharing, like, certain energies that are harder to, I feel like, share through, like, regular dialogue or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting art form. Um, and there is, uh, it like, I guess kind of for us, we're kind of going along with that authentic music sort of thing. Like, what is authentic music for us being middle class, you know, kind of suburban kids or whatever? You know, like, they have all this... A big thing now is this cultural music that's going on. Um, things like Latin music is getting mm-hmm. really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, African music is getting mm-hmm. really popular. Love it. This avant-garde sort of like, you know, combination of all this stuff is getting really popular. It's like, I know it's kind of hard to come up with, you know, what is your, what is cultural for us, you know, or like what is cultural for you? Do you have music that mm-hmm. you feel like is specifically cultural to your upbringing or who you are? Not nothing in particular, really. Like I grew up a l- around a lot of Spanish music because my father's side of the family. But I also grew up a lot of around a lot of uh, like classic rock and uh, Motown and um, soul because of uh, my father and my mom and uh, my cousins. Uh, I don't know. A lot do of either m- of your parents play music? No, I. Uh, they do not. That that'd be awesome. <laughs> but are they like avid music listeners and stuff? Or? Um. Like was there? Did they play you music when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. Um, they did, but uh, not as much as like maybe some of the people we talk to are into music who sure, aren't necessarily sure, sure. musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just started taking. Like I brought my mom out to Turquoise at Park West a couple weeks wow. ago. That was a lot of fun. Bring her to uh, Pigeons and Goose at the Riv uh, next month. That's gonna be Sick. dope. You're taking her to really good shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, give me a lot of fun. I went to uh, Umphrey's with my dad for my birthday. Really? Really? How was that? It was pretty cool. It was awesome. All I mean, right. it was. Oh, it wasn't for my birthday. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. It was for my bachelor party, <laughs> and I had. It was like for part of my bachelor party. My dad was there. We just went out to an Umphrey show. Yeah. Do you, uh, enjoy it? Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. That's pretty sick. I've only ever been to like one concert with my dad, and he didn't even play music in the house when I was growing up. And, really? Like my parents didn't at all. Like really. And, uh, How did you end up playing music then? I played at church, and I played at ch- like that's the only place I had music in my life. Hmm. And or I played in the orchestra in mm-hmm. school, but like there was never. I had to discover who the Beatles were. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like I had to do that on my own, which ends up being like everybody else has like this reference point. I think from their parent, a lot of people, my musician friends, they'll be like, "Yeah, dude, Led Zeppelin. I know all about Led Zeppelin." I'm like, I have no. Hmm. reference point for Led Zeppelin because I got into music later on and I guess the normal process was to listen to like Led Zeppelin Pink Floyd and stuff but I just never hmm. I started from already modern music I guess but interesting yeah I, I'm always jealous of people that listen to music <laughs> growing my up my dad was a big Judas Priest fan See, that's we went to, to so me. many Judas Priest concerts <laughs> that's when I was awesome a kid. yeah it was wild what's up Frank Yo, what up Frankie no, yeah weird. man I I went to see Joe Bonamassa with my dad. 
Hey, that's that. cool. Yeah. Well, now it's like as that I'm an adult, my dad is like into music again and yeah. his life and shit. And so we've gone to some concerts and stuff together. But nice. Yeah. Okay, so I got a question for Nick again. Um, just you know, as we're trying to kind of keep this m- sort of about Moe's and live music and whatnot. When you nah. guys are promoting a show, are there is there anything in particular that you try to do when you promote a show? So you're playing a show, and obviously, yeah, yeah, you know, I if there isn't one already, I'll try to make an event page, make the flyer, the whole you know regular thing a band might do. You know, um, I just got a, a functional phone for the first time in a couple of years, so I can nice. finally start making like stories and stuff like that to help further promote our shows coming up and whatever else we're doing. Um, I go to a, uh, this one jam out in Cary. I'm always like trying to tell people in person that, like friends who I've had, I've you know, how are you doing? Come mm-hmm. to our show. Yeah, right. <laughs> you were talking about that before too. Yeah, yeah. it's important. It's, it's the personal outreach is important. Yeah, yeah. You know. engagement. Yeah, you know, it's at important. the beginning, and then you just have to have stuff that's dope. And yeah. I, I feel like um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. Um, even like off of our band page and just on like my personal page, it's just like constantly be like updating my friends and whoever I'm friends with on Facebook. Uh, just like music is being made and we're playing shows and just like that seems to spark interest in people and get them more interested in like, oh, well, what is this guy doing? He's, like, he's always talking about. Um, I, I feel like those are pretty uh, like generic answers, but I sure. also feel like there's a lot of bands that just don't do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, totally. I mean, there's a lot of bands, I think, that think uh, there's a mentality when you haven't played as many shows that where you just expect there's going to be people when you show up kind of a thing. Yeah. And that doesn't really exist. Yeah. Probably the number one myth about playing music and Mm -hmm. being in a band is that people will just show up when you play a a set. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it doesn't even matter if you played like the Metro or like. Yeah. I have actually I've worked in a few venues. Mm. And I would say that literally across the board, all of these venues have more bad days than good days. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Over 50, like, and everybody that I talk to that I talk to that's been to these venues, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I went there. That place was busy all the time. And it's like, no, it wasn't. You just went there when there was a really popular right. band that promoted their show really well yeah. mm-hmm. all the time. But that's what's cool about the DIY stuff, because the DIY stuff does tend to be, be- a lot better. Mm-hmm. Then, as far as like crowd size goes and engagement of well, of you would know too. actually. You've been to, yeah. you've done yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, DIY yeah. shows. How do you do? You think the same goes for DIY bands? I do. Um, really? Because there's a lot of bands that just won't promote at all, and then they'll come out and like, you know, since it wasn't a DIY, since it was a DIY venue, a lot of people didn't really expect to get paid. Even though I, depending on the event, almost always paid people like way more than they may have deserved. Can like. Mm-hmm considering right, the amount right, of people right. they did or did not bring out. Um, but, yeah, like, it's it was very hit or miss with that experience. Like, some bands would come out, like, I had this, uh, um, nah, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. <laughs> don't You but don't yeah, have to mention that. You can just I'm call them Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Nickelback <laughs> out be, this They one. should be Pickleback, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like, we've had some some of the best shows that I had. Uh, we had a, one really big local band and a, a touring band um, come out. And it was, like, maybe, like, as far as musicianship, it was, like, one of the best shows that maybe the best show I had at the at Steelhouse. And no one was there. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. the one local band brought, like, three people. 
Um, obviously, the touring band didn't really have anyone coming out. Yeah. Um, it was kind of special, though, seeing on their tour schedule all these, like, different House of Blueses in different states, and then Steelhouse Chicago. Yeah, like, that's yeah. awesome. Damn. Yeah, Do you we think they thought it was, like, a House of Blues offshoot? They were like, Steelhouse, <laughs> sounds right. We'll play there. Uh, who knows, man? What was the Live name Live Nation band? books this, right? The, uh, the touring one? Yeah. Uh, Montu. Montu. Yeah. Cool. Montu. Yeah, they're killer. Uh, they come mm. around every couple years. Um, I highly recommend seeing them if you ever get a chance to at a festival yeah. or in Chicago if they ever play them. They're really incredible. Wow. Yeah, we've had a few shows like that here where, um, you know, nobody shows up, but it's a magical show. Yeah. It's, mm. it's just, like, ridiculous, and there's three people in the venue. You know, yeah. The best single song I've ever seen played here was like that. Yeah. There was like, t I think you were here, actually. Which one was it? Uh, Max came by and played Purple Rain. Oh, I was not here. No, for you that. weren't. No. Oh my God, that was. This the bar was like closing, and it was the end of open mic night, and this guy who who's a total amazing pro, right? Comes in with his friends, and they're drunk as fuck, and they're like, "Can we get up there?" And I was like, "All right, God, I guess I gotta <laughs> turn this out." They played the best. It was the second only to Prince rendition. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was awesome. Pretty, but yeah, like you're saying, like it can. Musicianship doesn't always equal people showing up, and people showing up doesn't always equal musicianship. But I think that's a, a testament to why people need to get off their asses, stop watching Netflix, turn mm. off their phone, and come out to see some freaking live music, man. Yeah, well, absolutely. This this makes me think about something you said earlier, where you're talking about like the thrash versus the funk thing. And how it's harder to get people to dance. Yeah. And like one thing we've talked about before, and like I always feel when I play shows, is the whole indie music scene, the whole culture is people standing in the crowd like this. Kinda, oh, yeah. yeah. You know? And what's your experience with that? Like, do you see a way to overcome that? How do you try to. Like, for from the musician's perspective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just seeing people not really. Like, because even when I feel like I go to a lot of shows where people are really killing it musically. And people are recognizing that in the crowd, but they're just not, it's not translating to physical motion. I, like, I'll, I'll pay, when I can see them, I'll, yeah. like, somewhat pay attention to the crowd. But I usually, um, I just play like it's the biggest show we've ever played every mm -hmm. time. Like, it's a great mentality to have. Um, like, full energy, like, full optimism. Like, I mean, I'm doing what I love. Why wouldn't sure. I, you know, look like it? <laughs> I've um, got a solution to this. What's that? Get drunk. Wow. <laughs> I was gonna say cocaine. Too, oh so. yeah, that's actually yeah. Allegedly. I don't advocate the combination either. of the two. That's where it's at. <laughs> Which ne neither I do neither of them. By the yeah. way, I don't drink or do cocaine. Uh, I don't. I don't really do either. But I hope that uh, people do it at my shows so that they'll dance. <laughs> you just give it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You know, I, I've gone to a few shows where people um, sold edibles, though, as oh, their yeah, merch. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is nice. I'm oh, sorry, that's cool. I, yeah, I had a couple of vendors at Steelhouse who did that. And yeah. uh, now that it's legal, I've been seeing yeah. that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Even though that part of it's still not legal. Definitely yeah. not yeah. legal, yeah. <laughs> people are like, oh, it's legal, though, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like anyone's going to do anything. And I personally think that's a pretty safe. If you're doing, like, a house show, Talk about merch sales right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to sell one or two t-shirts, but you'll probably sell 20 brownies at a yep. show. Yeah. Pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure one of your band members sells drugs. No, not a pro tip. <laughs> pro tip. Been there. Didn't go well. That's how you make your money, man. Yeah. <laughs> you don't make it off of ticket sales, that's for sure. You make your money from your music being dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
going to keep coming back around to that. There we go. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> well, I mean, well, yeah, I was just curious about that because it's like you said you you want to move people. You want them to dance, like, in your head at least, I guess, because yeah. you're not paying attention to them. Yeah, because, um, yeah, like, I could, you know, want them to do that, but whether they do or not isn't sure. really my concern. I guess that's more of what I was talking about. It's like the, like, your mentality behind the intent. Obviously, you can't force them to do yeah. it. Yeah. You know? I mean, unless it's super dope music. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, yeah. it's interesting. One, I, I just thought about this. It doesn't always have to be super dope music, though. No. Like, I think that there's a certain... It's a combination of, like, a lot of factors, right? Their performance, the musicality, the personality... This one band came to open mic the other day, and they brought, they had all these LED face masks and like a fog machine to the open mic, okay? And yes. they lit the fucking open mic up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but awesome. honestly, had you removed all the elements and they were just sitting there, maybe like, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. Yeah, like the music, sure. music was fine or whatever, but it was just mm-hmm. the whole thing around it was. I mean, I feel like that uh, applies to like light design yeah, also, because yeah. I mean, it's. It enhances the show. Like the, um, at a certain point, it isn't just about the music; it's about the environment that's being created. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like that also helps, mm-hmm. like with energy levels. If uh, they're also seeing something that's like blowing their mind, mm-hmm. not just listening to something. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Like the festival vibe is not just about the music. Like, yeah, you totally. to, If you go to a big music festival like summer camp or something like that, it's definitely not just about the music. It's about like the whole atmosphere. Of the yeah. Place. Is that something you guys try to try to do? Because I, when you came to play the show the one time, you like, it told me you brought PA or mixer and everything. Yeah. Do you also bring lights and stuff just in case? Or um, no, no. Um, I, the person who uh, was like my main LD over at Steelhouse, Jimmy Gately. Um, awesome. He does awesome work. He um, he's done work for some local bands. Um, he's worked for Umphreys. He did Spafford's Fall Tour. Uh, he's done other festivals and events. Um, really killing it. Um, usually, uh, like he ran our lights at Cubby Bear last time, like since they already have a house rig, he just comes in with his, uh, controller and Mm -hmm. uses their lights and does it up. Uh, sometimes for different shows, like him or one of my other guys will bring out their gear. Um, it really just depends on the event and if the event warrants like spending the extra money to bring out the lighting. Mm Um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, dude. When we, uh played here last uh, Baron Von Future when he brought out yeah. the whole timed lighting theme with all this music was timed to the lighting. I, They're wild. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That was Field Test 2. Yeah, Field That's Test 2. It. Yeah. They're still experimenting and, with it. And that wasn't the show with Ryan on the... No, he wasn't no. there. Oh man, you gotta see him. They got this... Um, do you know, like, have you ever seen an electric wind instrument? Yeah, uh, one of the members of a uh, big something uh, uses one, and I call it a uh, what I call it <laughs> a future flute because yeah. yeah. it just trips me out. <laughs> well, one of the guys that plays with Baron von Future has one, and it's wild yeah. as an addition. Like I guess Ryan wasn't playing with him that day, but uh, that's that group. But that's a perfect example of a group where like the guy is kind of unassuming when you talk to him. You're like, oh whatever, and, but they just go so hard yeah. into their vision yeah. that you're just. You buy it. They're dope. Sing. That's yes. dope music. Man. <laughs> it really is dope music. But again, that's what I mean. But they're setting the whole scene with it too, right? They're yeah. like doing the lighting and doing the outfits and doing the and that all plays into why you think it's dope too. Not only is it dope. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Right. 
Right. But they definitely they have their own thing going. Or we were talking about like do what you do, do it well. You right. know, like make do do your thing. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. With your music. Um, but cool. Not not to say that you shouldn't be like continually influenced by like old and new music, but you know, make it your own and do you. Well, it's <laughs> a balance there. You know, it's sure. like yeah. there's a lot of that's tricky. Older guitar players, speaking of cocaine, Joe Walsh from the Eagles. Yeah. He talks about how I saw a video of him, and who knows if this is true, right? He's like, I haven't listened to a new song in 30 years or something <laughs> like that because I don't want it to color what I'm going to play. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what my <laughs> face was like. <laughs> Had I been in the room with Joe, I probably would have confronted him. But <laughs> I don't know. I probably would have just been like, holy shit, it's Joe Walsh. <laughs> I wouldn't have at all, dude. I'd be like, dude, you look like a cigarette, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Shout out to Joe Walsh from the Eagles, everybody. <laughs> we'll be tagging Joe Walsh in yeah, this right, later today. Yeah. He's going to be like, what the fuck is this video? <laughs> no, he's not going to watch it. <laughs> well, uh, so you guys have been playing for a couple years now. I'm sure you played like all kinds of all kinds of shows, good and bad, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of interested. We, we ended with this question last week, and I'm just intrigued what your perspective on it is what's the worst show you've ever played if you have a worst show oh we do (laughs) oh he's already got one just ready to go Um, immediately what the show is i figured uh you guys would ask like a story or whatever i was gonna talk about steelhouse but with that question we can do another story after this i'm just intrigued man we'll maybe save it for the next time i come in but uh um we played i mean there's been a couple especially like in the early years of us playing like out um but uh, earlier, like the spring of last year, we were playing at Gallery Cabaret. It was like our first show of the year, um, and it just—it was just a mess. Like there was a bunch of gear failure going on um, with one of our uh, with our former guitarist, uh, Pedalboard, and it just—it uh, wasn't pretty. It didn't sound pretty, and it didn't feel good. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, that that was. Uh, I didn't dwell on it, but that was definitely one of those moments where it was just. Uh, not not vibing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think well, that brings yeah. up another pro tip. Well, and this is for real. When you everybody is going to have a terrible show. Oh. Yeah. At least one. Mm-hmm. Probably a bunch of them. And you can't dwell on it. No. Like Nick mm-hmm. over here says, don't dwell on it. Yeah. All you can do from that is get better. Yeah. Learn yeah. from your mistakes. Keep moving. Yeah, so that's what it's all about. To play more because if you play two shows and one of them was bad, then half your shows were bad. But if you play ten shows and one was bad, only ten percent of your shows yeah. were bad. I so. when I started out, I played ten shows and all ten of them were bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a miracle that I still do this. You know, I. You know what's funny is I saw a photo once of the first gig JB ever played, and I could tell it sounded bad. It was not dope. <laughs> <laughs> JB was dressed like Angus Young. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So does that yeah, video dude. still exist? Uh, the video was, was just a photo. there was never a video. Photo. It's oh, okay. a photo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the first bands I was in. It was actually with one of our good buddies, Andrew Geesey. Yeah. Uh, the Goose Man. Check out Goose. He takes great photos. Great drummer. Shout out to Goose. But anyway, uh, when we were playing, he was none of those things. I was. Also, none of us could really play instruments, and we were playing in an ACDC cover band and decided that it was a good idea to not have a bass player. Because, <laughs> you know, you're six, you're like 15, 16, right, right, yeah. and, you know, none of us, we were all self-taught musicians. We didn't have any, you know, anything to go off of, and, um, yeah, we just, being a guitar player, just like, who needs a bass player? You know, 
So we didn't need a bass player. player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we did need a bass player, but we thought we didn't need a bass player. Yeah. It was, I think that was, that might have also been a battle of the bands. We lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happens, man. Yeah. It's okay. Sure. Look how far you come, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't wear shorts. I haven't seen you wear shorts in forever. You so. know what I did? I, I wore shorts when we played on WGN last. <laughs> that was pretty sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, they were cool shorts, though. <laughs> and my legs look good. <laughs> so get out of here. And the music was dope. <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, first show I actually played um, was in that thrash metal band that Johnny and I met mm-hmm. uh, in, and uh, so him and the guitarist met the day before I met them, and then like two or three days after that we played at Cairo, so like we didn't know the material, mm-hmm. but the show was the gig was booked and we were there, <laughs> and oh man, <laughs> like it was just it was just a mess. Like since none of us really knew the material, uh, Johnny was just shredding the whole time. I was just blasting away like mm-hmm. I've had one of those yeah <laughs> JB's had a few of them I have now that it, now that Nick's talking though I can remember all these bad shows <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. last week when I asked him he's like I don't know I, I don't know I never played a bad show <laughs> we've all been dope <laughs> well speaking of crazy shows you said you before you thought we were going to ask about a story and you were going to talk about Seahouse what's like the crazy I'm sure it's to me it sounds crazy you're talking about rooftop jams it's a warehouse like what's what's the wildest or most, you know, what's the memory that sticks out in your head about Steelhouse uh, when you used to run it? Honestly, it's uh, what sticks out the most was all, all the frequent. Like, we had weekly jams every Saturday um, that went for, you know, a couple years. That's the my fondest memory was all those and all the awesome music that came mm-hmm. from them. But, um, the like, the biggest and wildest show I had, we were playing this charity event at Tonic Room. Um, this was, like, man, two years ago, a year and a half ago. And was uh, it the Bernie Fest? No, it was uh, Stand Up for Kids Chicago. The event's called Purple Palooza. It's every year. They nice. uh, support um, uh, homeless youth and young adults um, who are at risk. They try to get them on the right track, uh, check them out. But uh, I, I had a rave going on in my place that night. <laughs> so I had a rush back. I'm like wearing a suit. Everyone's all candied out. Yeah. Um, we had one stage going. Uh, There's like 250 people and counting. Uh, we had another stage set up on the other side. Um, the f- cops came twice, uh, told us to turn the bass down. Like, you guys got it. Um, but every new DJ up to bat would just crank it back yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't account for, you know, 200 plus people smoking cigarettes, even though it's a steel shop inside. It got like, the smoke was had like completely <laughs> filled the apartment upstairs. I'm like oh, no. sliding around my, on my knees, like under tables that are blocking things, like trying to sprint around to figure out why the alarm won't stop going on. And since it was an industrial building, um, the fire department was coming. Oh yeah, yeah, no! Yeah. Um, so like I'm outside, I'm waiting for them to pull up. I'm like, "There's no fire! There's no fire!" The he gets out, and he's like, "No fucking shit! We still need to check it." He was so mad. Oh no! He took one step, and him and everyone else took one step, and. Uh, into the place and like his eyes like lit up. He's like, "This is amazing." He's like, "This is the coolest party I've ever seen." That's awesome. The the chief comes like um he went to reset the alarm which I had already done. Um the chief comes in with his like jacket slumped over his shoulder. He's just like, uh, "Next time you guys do this, just uh just give us a call." I'm like, "You guys got it." It was unfortunately the last time we did it uh, because the cops came a third time uh, at like 12:30. Uh and shut it down. It, I got a couple uh, hefty tickets, and that was unfortunately the last 
official show that I had mm. there. Was, uh, September 8th of 2018. Wow. Yeah. Never forget. Never forget. Wow. <laughs> Never forget the 8th of September. <laughs> oh. It was uh, it was wild though. Um, mm. Like a lot of production um, and for honestly for a lot of the shows we had we had like tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars of production. Granted, more so on the lighting side of things just because lights are super expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, my lighting team, they had like, um, the place they worked, they were able to uh, uh, borrow, procure yeah, certain right. things for the weekend yeah. um, mm -hmm. and just return them. Um, so we were fortunate in that to have the accessibility to such like high quality equipment. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. So if you're thinking about running a DIY spot, find a friend who works at a, a lighting rental place <laughs> and see if they have a loose concept of what it means to borrow things. For <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was, uh, it was always cool, though. Like, um, I don't think anyone was ever really at risk of being in trouble. They were all pretty in with the company. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it definitely does help everyone. <laughs> I mean, totally. I mean... Uh, JB's uh, got some connections as well with the production company, and uh, when we have bigger events here, he 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 lifts a few lights I sometimes. Some lights, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. a few fog machines and yeah. stuff, photo booth, you know, whatever yeah. we need. Yeah, hot tub. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I was gonna say, is that uh, is that real? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Not the if, hot tub. If there was a hot tub at Moe's, you don't want to get in it. Yeah, yeah I, sure. I probably wouldn't. We but should put it in the, the green room. <laughs> Why would I get in a hot tub at a bar ever? Never you, do yeah, that. but you're you're a germaphobe. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but a hot tub at a bar, dude, that just sounds atrocious, dude. <laughs> that sounds like the worst. Doesn't that it sound it any worse than a hot tub anywhere else. Noted, which what is if, why what I haven't been in a hot tub What if you go into a hot tub at a hotel that has a bar in the hotel? You're going to a hot tub that's at a bar. You ever done that? <laughs> David? All right, well, I got to go. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, man. Well, all right. It looks like we're getting up on an hour here, man. Uh, okay. Let's call so, it. So uh, we're going to call it here. But, uh, JB, you got anything left to ask of our wonderful guest, Nick Frash, here of, of uh, Earth Radio? Um, no. <laughs> well, sweet. No, I just want to say I, thanks for, for coming by. And oh, make sure you check out Earth Radio on mm -hmm. Friday, Valentine's Day, here at Moe's. Yeah. Playing with our uh, friends, Hoosie. And uh, we got some hopefully new friends. Um, Coming out to play. It's gonna be Lost a lot of fun. Pyramids is playing, right? No, no, they're not no, playing no, this one. No. Oh sh. No, you <laughs> I'll just edit that out, JB. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it'll also be a great weekend here too. We got the Battle of the Bands starting up. Yeah. The preliminary rounds will B be going on. So while their showcase is on Friday, on Valentine's Day, uh, on Thursday and Saturday, you can come check out the Battle of the Bands. We got our great sponsors: Direction Tour Marketing, Rax Tracks Recording, and Lagunitas Brewing and Company. And we just got another sponsor. I Did didn't even we really? tell. It's so new. I didn't even tell you, you didn't about even this. Didn't tell yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, Winter Camp is sponsoring the event. No shit. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Winter Camp Very sponsoring. Cool. So, uh, the winner of the Battle of the Bands, or one of the winners of the Battle of the Bands, will get free tickets to Winter Camp, and it'll be great. Sick. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, come out this Friday. If you can only make it out one night, please come out this Friday. Check out Earth Radio. Check out uh, Nick uh, blowing minds, making human music with his crew. Yeah. And uh, that'll do it for the Moe's cast. We do this every single Tuesday. So make sure to tune in. And now we are on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else that you can uh, grab these from. And JB, yeah. would you play an Earth Radio song to I'm get us out of here? I'm going to finish. I'm going to keep going with Squares Sick. Make Circles if that's cool. That's cool. This is Squares Make Circles by yep. Earth Radio. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yep.